Welcome back to Beloved Unveiled. This is Cynthia Borslino, where we like to share stories and learn more about how God unveils His heart to us on a daily basis. And today is a very special day. I will not be the one hosting this, but I have a guest host, Amy, and she's been on our podcast before. Um, She's a young woman that had come into our lives about 20 years ago and lived with us for about, well, actually one year to the day. And um, she's a daughter to me in the spiritual realm too. And um, we've gotten to know each other so well and I just adore her and I knew she, I know she's going to do an excellent job. I'm so glad you get to hear her share from her heart with um, her friend Valencia, who we've got to know too. And they'll be talking about um, what it's like to be a mother. I'm so excited for you to be able to hear today from both Amy and Valencia on the loneliness in motherhood. Uh, this was kind of sprung on me. <laughs> <laughs> Which Cindy, Cindy, uh, we kind of have a history of this, um, where she has an idea. She has a lot of ideas, and that's great. And then I'm surprised and challenged and pushed a bit to do something that is not typically my thing. We have art in common. We have kids in common. But we don't have the same kids. But some, we have three kids. <laughs> and we don't share children. No, we each have two boys and a girl. We share about our children. We do both have yeah, two, in that two order. boys and a girl in the yeah in, in the same order. order. Let's talk about. Let me just pull this out for a minute. When because it's something that I think always surprises me: the loneliness of motherhood that people don't talk about, the things that it costs you that people don't talk about. Are you good with that? I'm good with that. That's intense. It is, but intense. I'm good with it. It it doesn't off. People don't mention that. Um, typically, I think. You know, when all of a sudden you're like, uh, I've got this kid. I think it sounds like a lack of gratitude, right? To say anything derogatory about raising children. That's what I think. I mean, it, it sounds really bad. And then you think about people who don't have children and want children mm-hmm. and all those things. And there's, there's probably like guilt for thinking anything other than having like rainbows and sunshine. Like... <laughs> All day long, every day, right? Yes, which you know I'm a fan of rainbows and sunshine. Yeah, you're all about it. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there is. There's the physical draining, the lack of sleep, the fact that people think, oh, you're busy with the baby. We're just going to drop off. Your entire community drops off the face of the earth, essentially. That is true. It is true. And they don't tell you about that. So now not only people think they're supporting you by keeping their distance. And that's a fallacy, Right. Really, more than ever, you need someone to tell you, hey, you're not going crazy <laughs> as mm-hmm. hormones, right? Or right. or it's okay that you're struggling even though you have a child and other people don't. And I have had, I have had people say things about how, you know, they had a friend who, and this is a person who didn't have a child at the time, they they had a, like maybe their best friend had a child and they never heard from them anymore. It's like, because they needed you to show up for them, but you didn't know that because you didn't have a child yet. Right. And so you didn't know that there's, I mean, like really just go to their house with like some sort of hot dinner and you're going to be golden. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, or don't even bring dinner, but just like show up in the middle of the day when when they're like completely exhausted and just talk to them and sit on their couch. I mean, or whatever it is, whatever it looks like for you at that moment. I mean, but I feel like nobody really knows what you need in those moments if they haven't been there themselves. They, they totally don't know. Yeah, there's no way for them to know. And I think knowing that about people who don't have kids is fine. I think, you know, that was what was beneficial about being in community with a mixed group of people where some have kids, some have been married way longer than I had. Their kids were grown, you know, and I had one lady that came. She brought dinner. This was for was it my oldest. Yeah. Brought dinner. And then it was kind of weird initially because she was going to just sit while we ate dinner in front of her. <laughs> but the heart of it was she was like, let me hold the, I'll hold the baby for you. Yeah. And so we, you know, because some of the kids, right, <laughs> some of them are a little needier than others. Right. <laughs> and. Some need to be, like, held a lot more. Um, and on your first one, you for sure don't know, really like, what's okay know. as far as, like, letting them work it out we themselves. Feel, mm-hmm. You don't know if it's, I mean, you're just, like, on pins and needles at all times, right? When you feel guilty for every little thing that there's so much pressure around it, whether or not it's bottle-fed, breastfed, there's so much pressure. C-section, natural birth. If again, it's if if you don't know their story, <laughs> you have no business talking about what was right or wrong for them. Right. That was their experience. There are a lot of opinion, opinions coming at you constantly. Yeah, yes. and it's sort of judgy. It is even <laughs> in the hospital, even in the hospital before and after the baby's born. Right? Like there's already opinions from people who know more than you about medical stuff. You know, and you get this little thing home and you're like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't tell you that, especially, okay, for you and I, like we had C-section. That was not my plan, right? That was not at all my plan when I, I don't know about that part of it for you. But when I went in with Isaiah, I 100% was planning on going all natural, the whole thing. But he was like a week late we went through this whole thing of like, he wouldn't, he was not head down. He was not turned correctly. They had me go in to have him like manually turn, which sounds like freaking horrifying. Right. <laughs> but they're like, okay, we're going to manually turn this baby in your belly. And you're like, Oh my God, what are, uh, how's that going to work out? So, but then like they, they go in, they do the ultrasound to turn him and he's like head down a little bugger turned right back the other way like because we had still had trouble like the day that he was born so we get there and all this stuff you know transpires fast forward 12 hours of labor in no drugs or you know i'm working it out (laughs) we're like okay they're like hey um so baby's been in distress for however long you're probably gonna have to have a c-section if you try to have an ep- if you have an epidural right now, you can be awake or we're going to have to put you completely under and you're be- going to be in an emergent situation. I'm like, okay, so then let's go ahead and try to, you know, do this epidural <laughs> when I'm, I've been in labor already for 12 hours and I'm at, like having contractions constantly because, you know, he should already be here by now. Um, So, you know, all these interesting things transpire, but then you go to your first or second appointment at the doctor's office and you hear this dad say, this woman is up like walking around. She's like in this awesome condition. She seems like she's doing great. And you're like, 
wow, you know, and she's like, yeah, I just had the baby like two days ago or whatever. I mean, I don't know. Day five is usually when they bring, you know, you bring them in. But, and I'm like, wow, you look great. You, you're doing amazing. And he starts telling me how, well, you know, natural childbirth is really no problem at all. And blah, 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 blah. And sort of judgy. And the dad who had not gone through it either. So it was kind of like a weird situation. And you're like, you know, it was kind of, I I was just congratulating her on how great she looked and seemed to feel and everything. And you're like, in one breath, you sort of discount my whole situation because that's what I was hoping for. Right. But that's not what I got. And so there's all these things about all of it. And the, and I remember being in the, in the store, even just later when you have kids and, and they're not sleeping. I, I had, you know, my first one, like had horrible reflex and didn't sleep for like the first two years of his life. <laughs> and we were just like, felt like we were going to lose our minds. He also would not take a bottle. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty much all on me to be up all night, every night, like doing this whole thing. And this lady at the store one time is like, he was like 13 months old. And she's like, he's sleeping through the night. And I'm like, no, not, not really. She just looked at me with this blank stare. Like she didn't know what to say. And she was so (laughs) shocked that that was even possible. (laughs) And I thought, you know, like you're blessed that you had the other scenario, but not everybody gets that. And it's not necessarily because I did something wrong. Like, you know, I mean, that's the thing, like, so many people think in black and white terms, right, of, well, if they're sleeping through the night at four months, you must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. No, I had children that did one, and I had children that did the other. It has nothing to do with what I did differently. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the midnight bargaining with God about it, <laughs> like... <laughs> I really need you to show up for me right now because I don't know what's going on. And I'm like desperate, like physically, I'm not sleeping. I have to do this alone because he's, he won't take the bottle. And it's just like there, I remember so many like really desperate God moments. Yes. And feeling honestly, if I can be this honest, just really abandoned in those moments, you know? Sure. And having to deal with how that makes you feel later and how and how to navigate this whole motherhood journey when you feel like okay is God really in this with me my community is not really around me a whole lot anymore and not necessarily that they were trying to be bad it's just like you said they they maybe couldn't relate or you know they were in a different season of life or if they were in the same season of life they were managing and up to their eyeballs with whatever they had going on and then everybody else didn't know what to do to help or if you wanted help or wanted community or anything else because they hadn't been in it and so there is just a lot of it can be very isolating you know and i think that's where it's important like if the dad did the picture right that and one way to empower him is, hey, here's he. You can ask through him. Hey, is she up for guests? Right? Like, can I bring a meal? Can I, you know? And I think talking about both the feeling abandoned, but also the miracles in that. Right? Like, I also was planning on a natural childbirth. Um, my oldest decided to wait eight days. Um, <laughs> And because it was my first kid, I didn't realize he had never dropped. He just carried low. So uh, we didn't realize he was tangled up in the cord a couple times. So I did an anesthesia section, 
after 30-something hours of labor. Um, That's way worse than mine. I'm really sorry. (laughs) You get a gold star. (laughs) I'm not looking for a gold star. But what I'm saying in that is like that, that process, though, of you learn real quick with kids, whatever expectations you have. They start going a different way as soon as you're pregnant, (laughs) right? Like you have to start letting go day one, let go of your body's now been hijacked. Good luck, right? Um, There's all sorts of things that um, you don't get to choose when they show up. They give you a due date. That means nothing, right? That kid's got his own schedule. (laughs) Same with the sleeping, same with the eating. Some like to do it in you know, a few ounces at a time. Others are like, no, give me the whole bottle or I'm screaming, right? Like there's so, but I think that speaks to the individuality of each of us. Like we're all so different from the get-go in the womb. We are all so different. And why we expect for everybody to be the same is ridiculous. Um, When I was, when they told us that we were going to need to do a, you know, epidural and then c-section because they'd seen this many times before and how that goes i really remember just we got a really quick piece actually and i really felt like god was just saying i make a way and it wasn't at that point about it looking a certain way it wasn't about the badge on some level of it being a natural childbirth it wasn't about any of that it was God making a way for my kid to arrive healthy. Mm-hmm. God making a way for me to stay to be healthy and to make it out, right? Because it's it's risky for both. And and then, you know, the fact they make anybody makes it through the first year of their life, that is a miracle. <laughs> they walk into things, they fall off of things. You can watch them all you want. You know, the fact that they're not falling out of your arms at 3 a.m. when you're falling asleep, miracle. Right? Like, yeah, it's true. That's true. It is. But to have to hold those two in tension, right? To hold in tension all of these miraculous things that you're like, oh my goodness. And then to hold the loneliness, the sense of abandonment all in the same season. That's, yeah, I don't. It's intense emotionally. Not to mention, like, you probably have a lot of hormone stuff going on, like most people do. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to manage and to juggle. And then there's also the really sweet stuff that is what you hear about where you're putting every adorable outfit on them and taking pictures of them at like 2 a.m. because you're awake again. Why not? Let's take a picture. (laughs) You know, and all of that. I mean, there is all of that beautiful stuff, but it is also the hard stuff that I think bonds you to them, right? I mean, there's like a lot of bumpiness. There is. And... You know, the hope is my my kids sometimes, you know, now they're nine and seven. Soleil doesn't really say this stuff because she's, you know, not quite five. But they, you know, they kind of act like, oh, you don't care about them periodically. And you're like, are you kidding me? Can I remind you (laughs) of the countless hours that I did X, Y, Z? Yes, I'm totally invested in you. Yeah, that hasn't stopped. And reminding, but they love to hear that story. They love to hear their birth stories. Yes. They love to hear about themselves as babies. And I think the reason why is because there's so much tenderness in the fact that you 
that you went through it all with them. I mean, that matters to them in the same way that when we know, okay, well, we've gotten to the other side of that, or when we recall anything like testimony wise, and that is a testimony, right? It is. We, we can see God showing up for us. Like, so anywhere that we see, whether it's a person or God showing up for us, like we need to know that that's how we know that, that we're not alone. That's how, that's what puts to rest those isolated feelings, you know? And, and even though we kind of bear all of that stuff, even those stories themselves break isolation in our children, which is kind of amazing after the fact. Yeah. I mean, I think there's good fruit from it all. I think it's interesting because you don't typically hear about moms in relationship to Christ and how really his, his body, right. Suffered (laughs) his physical body suffered he carried a lot of weight. I mean, you think about these things in relationship to being a mom, that you're celebrating this new birth, this new life in someone. And even though they stumble, you're there, you're cheering them on. And I was, what was it? I was here, I heard something the other day where I was talking about how, uh, I think it was a YouTube video um, about learning the English language. Oh, I wish I knew his name right now. Anyways. He's talking about you don't take a kid and go, well, you can't hang out with me until you learn the English language, right? And I think in community and in in Christianity, sometimes people are like, oh, well, you don't know if that person's like this, you know, kind of baby Christian, if you will, right? But you're like, mm, you don't speak the language. So, and you still have all these behaviors, right? Has anybody ever met a toddler? I mean, they have behaviors for days, right? Like all day long. But the patience, right, to... And not, I'm not saying that we are all going to be incredibly patient. We're, we're, You know, both you and I have had this discussion many times. It's like... But that the relationship can still exist even when we screw it up. And I think, you know, Christ being perfect and us clearly not. His patience with us. His willingness to go, yes. I see that. We'll just clean it up. You know, yep, you spilled that. Okay, we're just going to clean it up. Here's how we do this and walk you through it. And I think so often God has used my own kids to teach me about how he views me. Hmm, Totally. That's absolutely true. I say, and I say things to my kids sometimes, you know, like a teachable moment. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, God will totally make it obvious. He's like, yeah, I have that conversation with you all the time. (laughs) So true. So true. You're like, ooh. Like, even I sometimes can't even get whatever it is out of my mouth before I've already realized, oh, that is so for me. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. for you right now, but it is totally for me. Yeah. And, And we're way harder on ourselves than he would ever be on us. Way harder. Like, I do. I remember when my oldest was carrying, he was trying to carry all these puzzle pieces because he loved doing puzzles. And I was just impressed he could hold that many, you know, (laughs) as his mom. I was like, wow. He was already disappointed that he couldn't get all of them, but he was going to try anyways. And he was going to try and transport them. And he dropped like one or two and just threw them all down. He was just fed up. He, He was so upset with himself. And I was like, buddy, it's okay. You know, I'm like, it's only two, right? 
But in my spirit, what I heard was, look familiar. I was like, oh, right? Like, so gutted in that moment where he's showing me, yeah, you're so hard on yourself. And you don't have to be. And I'm actually proud of you and pretty dang impressed. You know, and the, the I think what turns everything on its head is to think that God, who doesn't have to be impressed with us, has moments where as a parent figure is super impressed with things that we think are failures. Thank you all for listening um, to this podcast with Amy and Valencia. If any of you all are struggling or feel alone in your walk with the Lord and maybe in your motherhood or, you know, it could be fatherhood too. If there's fathers listening, um, it can be sometimes a diff- difficult road and a struggle. Please reach out to me. Um, and we, I can connect you either with myself or others who would love to walk with you on this journey. You can reach me at beloved unveiled at protonmail.com, beloved unveiled at protonmail.com.